Today's Wednesday, February 18th, 2018. My name is John Fowler. I'm from Savannah, Tennessee, 36 years old. I was just incarcerated for the last 27 months. I just got out on January the uh, 3rd. And uh, I thought that I was going to be allowed to uh, go home. I had a job working uh, on the road, making pretty good money. Uh, Everything seemed like it all played out, and when the parole board comes back, they uh, they made a decision to modify my release terms, and they decided that they were going to send me to a halfway house. So I was pretty disappointed about that because I felt like after 27 months in jail, I mean, it was time for me to put all this other stuff behind me. Like I said, I had the job plan. I had the home plan. I mean, everything was set up. It seemed like everything was falling into place. So, they throw a kink in my plan, so I end up having to come to uh, Middle Tennessee to this halfway house, which I was really pissed off about. So, I get here, and uh, I realize that after being down for 27 months, that uh, the reintroduction to society was probably imperative to me being at this halfway house. So, at this point, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that this is where I came, this is where I'm at. Because I'm not sure exactly how how I would have acclimated if I would have jumped right back out in my hometown. So I think maybe it's a blessing from God. I don't know exactly. I know that uh, things have started falling into place. I know I've got a lot back pretty quick since I've been here. I've uh, attained a job, a pretty decent job. I've already had a couple of raises. Uh, I'm trying to work this. AANA program. I'm required to go to uh, six meetings a week. I'm doing my best to, to do that. I don't always make my meetings like I'm supposed to. I'm not even going to lie about it. Uh, I don't really feel like I'm involved in the program like, like I should be. A lot of people don't really understand how the whole drug addiction works. You would think after being down for 27 months, I mean, that all that would all that would go away, that the consequences of my actions and all those different cliches would uh, kick in and you would just want to come out and do right and this and that. But the truth about it all is, I mean, I still think about getting high almost every single day. It's just a decision not to not to make that choice. Uh, I try to, I'm trying to help people. Uh, I'm just trying to be responsible and, and do all the right things. But I mean, it's a it's a beast. I mean, it's a demon. It's a different kind of animal. I know people that are going through it. They understand exactly what I'm talking about. People that have never been through it. It doesn't make any sense to them at all. And I kind of, I understand that. I just wish that uh, people, family, friends, girlfriends, wives, whatever. I wish that they could understand the stuff that we go through. Because, I mean, it is hard. Because, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm one decision away from jumping out of here and I mean being gone even though I'm still on three years probation I mean I don't think that I'll do that today but I mean it's always a possibility because in a drug addict's mind you never know where you're going to be from one minute to the next and I know responsibly I need to get more involved in this program because I do see people in this program that are are doing it they do have a sponsor they do go to these meetings they do work these 12 steps they do those things, and they seem to have a pretty good life. They have a, they have structure, they have stability, they have all that stuff. But I've always felt like I'm worse than everybody else. I've always felt like my disease of addiction is always worse 
and everybody else is. I've always felt like nobody's quite quite as sick as me because I'm already I'm always ready to to up and go. I mean, it's like I can't I can't remember all the all the bad stuff. It almost seems like sometimes it's like all I focus on is the good stuff. I know when I got busted in October 2014, I know I was busted with 14 ounces of ice and uh, a few other things. It really doesn't it really doesn't matter what what it was, but you would think that would be enough. I mean, I called a I called an eight year sentence. I even got a lot of charges dropped, and still called the eight year sentence. And I mean, it's, I still think about it though. I still think about the lifestyle. I think I still think about the fun. I still think about the money, the women. I think about all that stuff, and I shouldn't be. I should be. I should be remembering on October in 2014 when the drug task force kicked the door in. I should. I, that's what should be fresh on my memory. I remember seeing drug task force and county cops and just lined up and down the driveway and in the street and blocking the road off behind our house, which was a pretty scary deal. But then at the same time, when I'm going to work every day and busting my ass, basically, and I'm making a mediocre paycheck, but it's nothing compared to what what I was making in a day or two when I was out there. And I still have those thoughts. I mean, I still I still have a couple of the phone numbers, a couple of my good homeboys. They're still in my phone. They're one call away from calling them up. And they would love to hear from me. They would love to help me out, to put me on. They would love that. So I'm trying today, I'm trying to focus on the bad. I'm trying to remember the bad. I'm trying to remember the police showing up. I'm trying to remember being strung out. I'm trying to remember all those nights when I was miserable. I mean, I'm trying to remember all the burnt bridges, all the relationships. I'm trying to remember all the pain that I caused people. And sometimes it's it's just hard. I mean, it's it's amazing how our mind or my mind can block out all the bad, all the pain. I mean, it's it's pretty cool to have a relationship with my mom and dad today, to have a relationship with my brother and my sister, to have a good relationship with my little eight-year-old son that I miss dearly every day. So, I mean, it's almost like it would be insane to go back to trying to live that lifestyle again. So, I'm trying to put myself around some better people. Like I said, I'm trying to help some people. I have a friend that's uh, in a treatment center right now in Nashville, and I talk to her a few times each week, and she's really going through it. She wants to leave. <clears throat> she's wanting to leave the treatment center every day. She uh, says she can't hardly take it anymore, how bad the treatment center is, this and that, and this and that. But at the same time, she's facing an eight-year sentence. And it's like those consequences don't outweigh anything. They outweigh nothing. All right, I'm back. Uh, as I was saying, I was talking about uh, my friend in the halfway house up in her in the uh, treatment center in Nashville. Wanted to leave. Uh, like I said, she's facing she's facing an eight year sentence right now for uh, possession of Schedule Two ice. Uh, if she leaves, then she's facing to go to jail. She's going to violate the. She's on an eight one split right now, which means on the one that she uh, she can either do a year. And rehab, or she can do the year in jail, and she just fails to realize that if she leaves the rehab, that she's gonna get that one year split. It's gonna be revoked, and once it's revoked, she's gonna have to serve her time. 
And when you get revoked on that, your sentence was exactly what happened with me. They're going to make you serve 30% of an eight-year sentence. And like I said, I did 27 months. But this disease is driving her so hard that she's got it in her mind that she misses her kids. I understand that. I mean, I've got an eight-year-old son. I went in. When I went into jail, I, he was 20, he was six. I came out, he was eight. So, I mean, I understand exactly what's going on. I understand that she misses them, but I mean, I think that I would much rather miss my kids from the treatment center than miss my kids from jail. Because when the treatment center's over and you're allowed to go to a halfway house like I am, at least every 30 days or so, I mean, you get your passes, you can go home, and you can spend time with your kids. When you're locked up in jail, you can't spend time with your kids. So, for the last... For the last few days, that's what I've been spending my time at night on the phone with her, trying to convince her of what's going on. And it's like talking to a, a brick wall. And, I mean, it's, it's hard to understand. It makes me mad. It frustrates me that she won't listen because it's not like I'm just some person that's trying to give her an advice. I've been there, done it, lived it. I mean, I'm going I'm, I'm going through the end process of what she's about to go through, the front front process of. And she don't want them problems. She don't want that. I know she don't. She's not cut out for jail, I promise you that. But I don't know, it is what it is. I mean, she blames everything on everything. She's got an excuse for everything, always looking for a cop out of everything. So, I mean, it may be best that she that she does her time, that she goes through. But the only problem that I've got with her going through the rehab, I mean, through the back to jail, is the fact that there's no recovery in jail. There's no getting better in jail. There's dope all in the jail. And... When you start trying to get clean and you start trying to get sober, the most important thing is uh, making new friends. You got to get away from all those old people. And I mean, that, that's a fact. Even though I miss a lot of my old friends, I know that I can't go there. No matter how much I love them, no matter how much I care about them, I know I can't do that. And she goes to jail, then I mean, she's going to spend the next two years or so. And she's going to be making the kind of people that she needs to be staying away from. So when she does get out, Instead of having a, a clear, sober, sober mind, at least, at least a, a foot in the right direction, she's going to be stuck because now her whole entire circle revolves around drug addicts, and that's not the way that it, it can work if you're trying to live a clean, productive life. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, it just don't. So, I don't know what kind of decision she's going to make. I really feel like ultimately in the end she is going to end up going to jail because she doesn't she doesn't see the big picture. She she thinks that she's an exception. She thinks everything's going to be cool. So, I mean, maybe that's what's going to be best for her. I mean, she's only 23 years old, so she's got a lot of living left if she doesn't kill herself on dope. I mean, when she went to rehab, she was tracked up using heroin and shooting ice and all that stuff. So, I mean... She's not just a, a regular drug addict, in my opinion. She's pretty, pretty much maxed out. So, I don't know. I guess I can keep her in uh, my prayers. I guess uh, y'all can keep her in your prayers, too. That uh, Maybe she'll make the right decision. Maybe she'll stay there because if she wants to do something for her kids, then staying is the answer. I mean, if she wants to do something she's never done, then, I mean, she needs to uh, be unselfish right now and do it. It's like I keep telling her short-term sacrifice for long-term payoff. Yeah, this little deal that you're going through, it does suck now and it's going to suck and it's going to be hard for a long time but the mess that we made, we didn't just do it in a day or two. I mean, mine was a career. I mean, I've been doing it since I was 21 so I've got I got 15 years of job experience. Five more years, I can retire. You know what I mean? Collect my pension. But uh, that's all I've got for today. Uh, 
I'll be back on tomorrow with more on recovery and addiction. John Fowler signing out.